Welcome to Browner and Lawhead. Whether we are sick, whether we are, well, not tired, but sick, held up at an airport, stuck in traffic, like some of you may be, we are here today, kicking it with y'all from 6 to 7 p.m. It's Wednesday, so it's our Friday. John Browner, Jason Lawhead, coming to you on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Southern California's Mega Station. What's up, Jason? Oh, what's up, buddy? I, you know, I'm just having one of those days. This car, we've talked about it probably before, either on this show or on one of my appearances on Kaplan and Crew. And it's just uh, rearing its ugly head again, just having these compounding transmission problems. And, you know, it's just, you just can't, I just can't ever get like a good run going with this car i had an um, episode with my car over the week this past weekend where the key broke and because the key really the key has a safety uh device in it that without the key you can't start the car so if the key breaks the car won't start and so oh. i literally was stuck on a friday in the height of traffic waiting for a tow truck to come for four hours to fix the key uh. to simply fix the key which they didn't. I had to call the key people, which bled into the following day. It was just a mess, dude. Cars, uh, having cars are the worst. It's just they've become the worst, dude. Not having just, a new car, not having a new car, legit sucks. It legit sucks. It legit right, but then sucks. having the new car payment sucks more. Right. So the idea that I have a car and I don't have a payment, or multiple cars, but I don't have a payment on any of them. And that's what awesome. I want. No payment. Right. I want no payment. So I like my car when it's running. It's great. It's been paid off. It's got value. It's great on gas. And so, you know, if this thing costs me, you know, $600,000, I'd rather, you know, and that's the major repair of the year, or maybe there's just like a couple of major repairs that might total a couple thousand bucks. For the year, well, you divide that over twelve months. You're only paying a you know less than a couple hundred bucks a month for your car instead of you know three thousand down, four fifty a month, always in a payment. I don't I don't want that. The payment loop sucks. I, I just don't want to be in the payment. You know, I've got my debt whittled down to almost nothing other than just you know regular expenses. Right. And I don't want I don't want to I don't want to be pay. I already pay enough a month to cover my nut for things like cell phones and rent and food <laughs> and gas. I don't want any more. This gouging has to stop. Uh, you don't remember that crazy man years ago to the, the rent's too damn high guy. Yeah, yeah. Over black dude. He had like he looked like a Samuel yeah. Jackson character in like a M. Night Shyamalan yeah, movie. He had these like, big white sideburns and uh, looked like he was like from the like you know mid 1800s the way he dressed in his hair he looked, right he looked like yeah. he looked like he was doing a frederick Douglass impression that guy yeah. the smartest guy you look back he was like 20 years ago rent too damn high party that's what he named his party the rent's too damn high party you know and he's just right it, people the conversation about inflation is such an interesting chat because now you because of inflation and because of things being backed up uh old cars are almost as valuable as new cars but again if you don't have a car payment i don't want a car payment like the car payment 
is the biggest pain that you could probably squeeze into because it's on the you have to have in California you have to have a car. If you don't have a car in California, and the other thing about a, a car payment, getting a new car in a state like this is once you get a new car, your registration goes through. Oh, the skyrockets! So you know, my registration keeps going down every year. It's a not. It's a. It's a. You know, it's a fee that is respectable. Mine's you know, not down to mention, to you're in a car payment. You got a high registration. You got to get uh, the gas at these prices. Insurance. It's just like I. Oh my god. It's so, just get, thinking of it right now, knowing that my car is disabled. I got a mobile mechanic working on it in my parking lot. Just all that just gives me just seething anxiety. Shout out to mobile mechanics. I had my window fixed by a mobile mechanic. I wish I could remember his name, but shout out to him. Uh, you know, Daniel Snyder could use a mobile mechanic. On the show today, we're talking NBA draft. We're going to go we're going to share our thoughts on the latest developments in the Britney Griner situation and I don't I don't think we're going to agree. Uh but first Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team the Commanders the Redskins you pick a name the organization was a part of a hearing on Capitol Hill today in which Daniel Snyder didn't show up he's now been subpoenaed. Daniel Snyder didn't show up. Roger Goodell did. And unfortunately for Roger Goodell, part of the reason why he makes so much money is because he has to be the face of the league when it's good and times like this when it's bad. Why I why this is a topic for me is, is because these hearings should be reserved for very important issues, things that the American public are struggling with. And so we're going to have a hearing to get to the bottom of it. Like what happened in Flint, Michigan with the water? What happened in January 6th? What happened at Uvalde, Texas? Gun violence. These are what these hearings are supposed to be for. The fact that they took time to do one for the Redskins front office, abuse of how they've treated people in that organization. Okay. But then you get people like Congressman Jim Jordan asking questions like, why did you bar the barstool president, I, I can't remember his name, from going to NFL games. Why did you fine Jack Del Rio $100,000 for calling what happened during January 6th a dust-up? Like, Jim Jordan, is his salary is paid by our tax dollars. And this is what he thinks the people who he represents care about. This is this is his job. I'm from Ohio. His job is to help write bills and laws that are betterment of the people. He hasn't done any of that in 20 years. He that's not Period. what he does. He just sits on committees and shouts and screams at people for Disney movies and um, you know these types of things. And uh, you know he's one of the biggest cover up masters there was at the Ohio State you know wrestling. A turmoil. I mean, this guy's garbage. I mean, yes. Ohio under, you know, his representation, Ohio in the last 20 years has just gone in the toilet when it comes to like jobs and wages and, um, you know, fracking brought a fraction, pardon the pun, um, yeah. to to a certain area. But, you know, more things have shipped out uh, while he's been doing nothing for 20 years. And it's just, all of this is just, you're right. It's a nothing farce. It doesn't need to be wasted. I, I how, I, why are our tax dollars being wasted on these guys going 
in a hearing to Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder. And it's just, um, it doesn't make any sense. More, It's more exhausting off the field sports news. It's just all it is. The NFL is the organization that should be able to run itself within itself. If you need government oversight for the Washington football team or whatever you want to call it, then that owner should cease to exist. This isn't complicated. And I under, my understanding, because we spoke to Eric Williams today on the Kaplan and Crew show, and he basically said the reason why it's difficult to force one of these owners to sell their team is because once you vote for someone like Jerry Richardson, who had sexual allegations and racist allegations levied against him, so he was then forced to sell the Carolina Panthers. If you force Daniel Snyder to sell the team, or you force Dean Spanos to sell the team, at some point it'll come back to you because you will eventually do something, like uh, i.e. Jim Ursay, and then they will force you to then sell your team. And people don't want that, basically, that pistol to be aimed at them at some point for lack of better explanation. And I think that's, that's BS. I think that's low-hanging fruit. If Daniel Snyder is creating such a black eye on the NFL in the same way that Robert Kraft did, you can't tell me now that Robert Kraft, Jim Ursay, uh, uh, Jerry Jones, and whoever else has done something sleazy, they won't vote to get Daniel Snyder out because at some point it'll be them. Then you guys are bad people. Yeah. And then I didn't. So don't tell me about the morality of what the players should and shouldn't be doing. I don't want to hear about the league suspending players for having prostitutes or getting DUIs or sex trafficking, because that's what the owners are doing. So if you're talking about hurting the image of the league, here's a guy who literally now has to be subpoenaed to appear in front of Congress. They don't pay any taxes for these teams. So if I am a member of Congress, here is my fun, here is my way to fund some schools. Every team in every, in a state that you have a team, you have to pay $50 million a year in taxes to make sure that money goes to schools. Or have Daniel Snyder appear here tomorrow. He be there in 20 minutes. Like this is how you saw tax them. Tax them. If you if you feel like government oversight has to subpoena one of these jackasses to show up because they don't know how to behave around women or around employees that work for them. Tax the organization, man. Tax them. Yeah. You know, as uh, off base as this probably just sounds on its face, uh, to, you know, Levy, here, here's what you do. You just say, hey, look, you guys can't handle it. None of you can handle it. Women aren't around allowed at all around the sport. And then there's going to be a huge tax levy burden that's going to pay into a, you know, investment fund into other women, you know, uh, in sports or I, I don't know how I, you know, I, I know it all sounds kind of crazy, but it almost seems like good God, like, uh, you know, this is the issue that I'm, you can't even do business with women right. at all. Any of you, none these, of you, these people who own these teams, they're Neanderthals. They're all oligarchy level type American people who own these teams. They're all old men who got the 
think that they're in an episode of Mad Men because they're rich and they still are. So therefore, right. they don't they don't live in the world where they have to respect their female employees because they they've had money for so long and they've lived in such a bubble that they don't exist in the world that we currently live in until you force them. So that's why Jerry Richardson had to sell the Carolina Panthers because he couldn't stop using the N-word. He was so old and he had been rich for so long and no one had gotten his face when he talked like that because they all needed a paycheck from him. He had to do it for so long, for so many times, for a group of people to be like, hey man, he's been doing this for a while. Not only is he racist towards black people, he's also sexist towards women. And they had to force him to sell. It took years of that. Daniel Snyder has been doing this for a decade or more. And the worst thing that came out of his own investigation that he did within his own organization was that a coach on another team lost his job and a $100 million contract. What the hell are you talking about? What the hell does John Gruden have to do with the Washington football team? Nothing. But he's the only person who lost his job in the entire circumference of the investigation. Give me a break. Yeah. It's almost like now it's, you know, another absurd comment I'll make just in the spiffballing that I'm doing is it's almost like what I just said previously. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I don't care how much you want to broadcast or how much you want to work in front offices or near the team and in the locker rooms. These guys can't handle it. Nobody can handle it. Or it's, hey, ladies, you want to break in into this kind of a sport with the big boys? This is what's going on here. So if you don't call 911, then I don't want to hear it. You know what you're getting into. You want to step into a bear trap, then hear it. You're getting into the bear trap. And then if you don't have an occurrence immediately that needs emergency assistance because of whatever assault you're claiming, then guess what? You've you've been you've elected to just let the bear crap caught bear trap claw you. And it's almost, you know, I know these are absurd, but it's so, everything else is so absurd. Maybe just an absurd solution is the only way to just say, okay, at least we knew all of it was coming and expected, you know, uh, either you can't go work in this environment because they can't handle it. Or when you do, if, 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 (laughs) I think the idea is like swimming with the eels, man. I think the idea that we have to protect a a massive organization like the NFL from itself by barring women from it it should end before we do that because these because and i think your your idea would help but it would also hurt because th- well, these these men who own these teams own other things so the, if you think Daniel Snyder's only negative uh, business interaction is with the football team he right. owns, you're sadly mistaken. Like Jerry Richardson Which owned other things. why I said it sounds, it's going to sound absurd. Yeah. Jerry Richardson owns other things. Jim Ursay owns other things. Robert Kraft owns other things. Uh, this pervert who owned the Clippers, he owned other things. Like this <laughs> – like, this isn't the only they, – they didn't come to power because they got lucky and someone gave them the team. They purchased these teams 
for millions of dollars and someone else got stood on so that they could be above the shoulder above other people to purchase these teams. And they said, and they had to take it. They had to take it. And and, 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 and at this point in society, no one has to take it anymore. And that's the part about it that I'm happy about that the time that we live in, if you feel like you've been wrong now more than ever, you are more than likely to get justice now in 2022 than you would have in 1992. And that part gives me hope. But at the same time, in 1992, some of these dudes were still running football teams. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the NFL and uh, can't police themselves in at least a sense to say, you know, the owners as a collective group, the commissioner's office, we, you know, you know, we will uh, hire our own investigative body that Focus. is on, you know, an arbitrating body for these types of things. This doesn't need to go to Capitol Hill. This needs to go to a panel or a uh, a, a kind of a court system or a jurist system of made up of you know, people selected and, you know, looked at for their qualifications and arbitrating yeah. and, and judging and, and all of these things. And it should be an in-house, um, you know, situation. I mean, I just, it's, it's insane that we're having a, a hearing uh, over this uh, when there are, you're right, when there's so many other things to be having hearings and investigating and getting to the bottom of for the good of the American people. Um and look, you know, at the end of the day, the Donald Sterling thing is a precedent because, you know, you can buy the Clippers, you can buy the Lakers, you can buy the Commanders, you can buy whoever you want, but you, your ownership of that team does have, you know, limitations. It's like buying a home in an HOA. You can buy a home in that nice gated community, but you got rules to follow. There's an association. There's dues, there's fees, there's agreements. You have other homeowners. These things are all. And when you decide that you're going to go outside of that and do the types of things where the rest of the association goes, yeah, this guy needs to get out of this house in this neighborhood. You don't own that house anymore. Um, like in an you know, HOA. So you're, or you're forced to sell. In an HOA. And that's what a team is. These are associations. Yes. These are leagues. They've been here before. Donald Sterling didn't start the Clippers. Daniel Steiner didn't start the Commanders or the Redskins or whatever you want to call them. They bought in. They bought that house. The HOA example is perfect. Because if you don't have your grass in the right situation, they find you. If you exactly. get a red your garage door, door is yeah red, exactly. they find you. Okay. Right. If your house isn't upkept, if you put a flag up outside your home that's not approved, they'll find right. you. So and you do it enough and you do enough things enough times, they will throw you out. Cause that because you signed up for that. Right. Now, whether you can get a couple of your neighbors to vote against it because you know when they do something they want to put a sign up right and they don't want to be exactly. evicted either. they don't be kicked out either the system's broken the system's broken so normally the neighborhood will tell you what kind of neighborhood we are and all this mm-hmm. shows to me is the nfl is telling you what kind of organization they are we are a do as we say not as we do that's what they are Look at the scandals in the from the owners, not the players. The owners, the the, the um. So I, we spoke about Carolina. 
I don't even know if you want to call what happened with um, uh, um, the Jaguars a scandal when they hired Urban Meyer, who stuck his finger up someone's booty at a nightclub and got caught on camera. I mean, the Jets being so bad, that's a scandal in itself. Like, there's <laughs> so many. The Browns, oh, my God, being invested. The Browns. Like, the Brown, like there's so many different negative publicity points that the NFL have found themselves behind the eight ball. And all they keep doing to each other is looking the other way. Cause in this eight the Broncos, way, the Dolphins, yes. and the situations they made with the head coaching interviews, all these types John of things. John Elway showing mean. up drunk. The HOA that is the NFL will let you, they'll find you for, for hanging the wrong flag, but they will never ask their neighbor to move because they could be next. Brown and Lawhead, when we come back, we will ask you, do you even know the NBA draft is tomorrow? We'll break some of it down for you, yeah. and we'll talk about Brittany Griner's situation. Brown and Lawhead, Mightier 1090 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, Browner and Lawhead, everything you hear on the Mightier 1090 ESPN from 6 to 7, Monday through Wednesday, can also be heard in your phone via the, via the iTunes podcast store under Kaplan and Crew and in YouTube under the same uh, title. We are part of the Great Friends Podcast Network. I am John Browner. That is the voice you have been listening to for the last hour. I am joined by Jason Lawhead, America's famous comedian, well-traveled. Mm-hmm. You are. What happened? Well, well-traveled and well, uh, right now disabled with a car. Well-traveled if it starts up. Yeah, well-traveled, partially disabled. But on the goes on. on the first half of this podcast, we talked about Jason's car troubles along with my car troubles over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Daniel Snyder and the situation uh, with the with the, the the football team. I don't know the Redskins, the Commanders, the football team, whatever you want to call it, uh, and, and and the situation that they have going on with Congress and how the NFL is like an HOA. Uh, head over to the iTunes podcast store to check out some of that. We told you we were going to talk about the draft, and we told you we were going to talk about the Brittany Griner situation, which I think is going to be an interesting conversation because I don't think Jason and I are going to agree about what we're going to talk about when we get to that. But some news is coming out about the NBA draft, which is tomorrow night. Uh, The draft order is Orlando, Oklahoma City, Houston, Sacramento, and Detroit. At one through five, those are the picks. Overwhelmingly, it looked like it's going to be Jabari Smith as the number one pick, which I would agree to. The number two pick now seems to be up in the air between Chet Holmgren and Pablo Bencaro. Uh, Chet Holmgren is the long, lanky kid out of Gonzaga, and Pablo Bencaro is the guy from Duke who basically carried his team into the national championship. I got to ask you this question, Jason, and put your NBA mm-hmm. GM scout camp on for me. Let's say you are working in the Orlando Magic front office. And the medical reports come out. And of the top 10 kids, there's only one missing. That is one Chet Holmgren. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the kid is seven feet, one inches, and he's barely 200 mm-hmm. pounds. He's got one of the thinnest frames we've seen since Kevin Durant to enter the NBA. We all know how that turned out. Uh, the the problem that I have with the him not turning in his medical is I've seen his father 
So this is very, this is not shocking. If you've ever seen Chet Holmgren's father, he still has a ponytail and he records all the games with a handheld camcorder. So the, the <laughs> fact that Chet Holmgren hasn't turned in his medical doesn't shock me. But if I'm an NBA team, this has put me off on him. And Pablo Carroll's and Jordan Ivey are the two guys behind him. I wouldn't be mad at drafting them. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I just, the weight is the biggest thing. A medical card or no medical card. I don't like his weight. I mean, Benchero's already built like a, you know, an NBA vet. Right. Um, You know, and so I, I don't even blink at that. I don't even, I don't even blink at that. And, you know, uh gonzaga you know i mean they don't play the type of competition that duke plays night in and night out i just think you know the the handoff to the league is going to be you know much easier for a banchero um will holmgren be a, a a a good player i think he'll be a good player i think he'll be i don't think he's gonna eventually pan out and not to say that any of these guys really will. You never know if any of them really will pan out to what you think a number one, two, or three should be. Um, but I just, I just, I don't see Holmgren uh, because I think you would have at least seen a commitment to that size by now. And yes, he'll have a full time job in the NBA. And yes, he'll have nutritionists and trainers and, and that kind of a thing. But I, I just think that you would have seen that type of at least commitment to get ready for his senior year or whatever year it was uh, that he came out his, his final year, his, his draft year. Um, and, you know, at least trying to push himself to get so, some meat on his bones. Mm-hmm. And I just, that would worry me as a, as a, as looking over that first rookie contract and seeing where I want to go. Um, and, you know, seeing, the way teams, you know, in the NBA playoffs, you know, you need physicality. You have to be able to play physical out on the perimeter and in the paint. Um, if you're not, you know, blessed with, you know, a Steph Curry or, you know, a Giannis or, or one of the top, you know, few league superstars, you've got to build the type of team that can uh, sustain, you know, a seven, eight man rotation. And will Holmgren score some points? Probably. I just don't think he's going to pan out to be that top pick, at least with the chances that a Banchero might. Um, maybe Holmgren gets off to a, a better start that first year or two, scoring the basketball. But I think commitment to the game, I, I, I like Banchero going forward. I think the idea. I, mean, I, I think the idea of whether or not Chet Holmgren will become an all-star or a franchise player. I I think it's totally dependent on how he puts on muscle. And by all the reports, his physical build, his bone structure, will have him in 10 years look more like KD than he will look like Giannis. And for me, a guy who doesn't have the lateral movement to guard two one, twos, and threes, will literally be stuck guarding fours and fives. And even in this NBA, that hurts night after night. Uh, you know, even in a non-physical league where freedom of motion is more concentrated on than physical play, that's going to physically hurt him 
for far longer than I think I would be comfortable with with a guy like Pablo sitting behind him or a guy like yeah. Jordan Ivey who it will score 20 points a game in the NBA sitting behind him. So I, if you won't even show me whether you have a heart condition, whether you have a blood disease, whether you're a diabetic, right. like these things that come up in these medical reports, whether you have some type of growth defect, I'm supposed to now give sure. you about 28 to $30 million if you're the second pick. And I can't even, I don't even know if you have a cancer history in your family or like there's so many things that you could find on this screening that would lead me to believe either he has something or he's gotten a promise from a certain organization and he know he won't drop past a certain point. And to him, he knows it's worth the risk. So I, I, right, that's... I, I find it hard to believe that he he's doing this and there's nothing wrong with him because there was nothing wrong with him. He would just turn them over. This is kind of like Trump's taxes. Like, obviously, there's something in there. <laughs> he doesn't want you to see because if it wasn't, he'd just show you. And that's it. Right. So as far as that goes, I think that spells difficult for Oklahoma City who's got four picks. So for them, it may be more likely for them to take him because they've got three other picks in the first round, which is mind boggling, but okay. But if I'm Orlando, I got one pick I'm not doing it. If I'm Houston, I got one pick. I'm not doing it. And if I'm Sacramento, I need all the help I can get consistently. I ain't doing it. So. Yeah, I mean, and you make you made a point earlier about, you know, the game is, you know, more more spread out, you know, played around the line, you know. Right, this flow, is the best time to be skinny. Not. But 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 you know, they they also, you know, w w the game is still oftentimes exploiting the pick and roll and it gets yes. physical at the pick and roll, okay? And so um, you know, and depending on where you think you're going to like you said, you're going to put Holmgren on a body uh, out in the corner of four or five, and then they're going to exploit a pick and roll situation, especially if there's a, you know, a, a ball handling scorer at that perimeter, you know, opponent, which is pretty much every team in the league now has like, at least one, this, maybe two. This guy, imagine this guy trying to back down Grant Williams or Draymond Green. Oh yeah, PJ Tucker, like guys who. Their game isn't really, I'm very athletic, I'm skilled. I'm tough, I'm a dog, and I'm strong. He, like, right. Or show, or come off a pick and roll, you know, a Tatum, you know, coming up uh, coming up with Williams, uh, Robert Williams on a, on a pick right. and roll with Tatum, and then deciding whether, you know, could, does he have the ability to go hedge Tatum and then with Tatum on the dribble? Or if, if the, the defender gets over the screen and can hold Tatum – He's gonna get dragged into the block. How's he gonna hold his ground against Williams dragging into him into the block off the roll? Um, even if they defend that pick and roll with the pro. So there's a lot of those kind of intangibles that you know film at Gonzaga isn't gonna show you. That right. that's the kind of stuff that's gonna get thrown into training camp, and you're gonna be like, oh my god, this guy is just getting leveled out there uh, on screens and, and screen and rolls, and is he is he quick enough does he cover enough ground to play at this pace that these guys play at because you know even at his seven feet length and he can get it on the perimeter and shoot it and 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 is it at you know it's sure it's at gonzaga pace it's at uh that that level but is it at this pace night in and night out does he have that uh ability 
you're right. I mean, if he's if he's anemic, he's never going to put on weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so you won't turn over your medical. So nobody will know. Uh, I, <clears throat> there's something funny about this draft, too. These teams have been horrible for more than a decade. Orlando, yeah. Oklahoma City, well, not necessarily Houston because James Harden was great with Houston. Sacramento and Detroit. I, I think the NBA fixing the draft odds was a good thing. But too many times, the same teams are in the draft repeatedly because Sacramento is traditionally a poorly ran organization. Orlando traditionally is a poorly ran organization. And Oklahoma City <clears throat> is a cheap organization, which forces it to then be ran poorly. So a lot of a lot of these, whether these guys will be good or not, are solely dependent on where they get drafted. And so with the exception of Jaden Smith, the guy who I think will be the number one pick, and Pablo Bencaro, who I think will be successful anywhere, the rest of this is a crapshoot. Like, do I think Jordan Ivey is going to be a 20-point scorer? Yeah, but he's going to the Sacramento Kings, and they just hired Mike Brown. So I ain't got a lot of hope for him. Yeah, I mean you're right about the top of the the top of the draft and for uh, for most parts, you know, into you know, and then it finally it finally at seven you get you know the the Blazers and then the Spurs show up with some organizations that may just on some you know for the Blazers just a really uh, uh, not seeing that kind of a bad season coming. Right. Um, unloaded McCollum uh, later in the year, held on to Dame, so that pick could you know be something where. You know, they've done some good research. That pick could help them possibly rebound and get them back to where they're normally at. The Spurs, maybe they're maybe they're looking at being one pick away. And, you know, these teams do their research and they'll get the most out of that uh, that pick um, seven and nine. And uh, but we'll see. You're right. Some of these poorly run organizations, uh, you know, they just they'll take, you know, possibly the best available or what they've scouted on and or take a gamble. And most of the time, depending on how things pan out in the next year or two, it's just not going to work out. Uh, recently, speaking of things not working out, mm -hmm. that means a segue is coming. Yeah, I love your segues. Brittany Griner, who, let me give you a refresh on the story, traveled with illegal substances to a foreign country who just happens to be at a war with a country who the United States is backing. She went to Russia. Obviously, you know the situation that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. The United States of America and, and its allies have backed the Ukraine. Russia has pretty much gone about this without anybody's backing because they don't care. Brittany Griner played professionally in Russia for many years. This is not new that she's traveled there, so this is probably not the first time she's traveled with illegal drugs to that country. This particular time, because of the situation that she's currently in, she was flagged and arrested and has been unjustly, unjustly held in a Russian prison. But it is their country. It's their rules. And she is now basically a war prisoner, for lack of better explanation. Now, over the weekend, it was her and her wife's anniversary in which the U.S. Embassy was supposed to set up a call for the two of them to have on a Saturday. The problem is... After 19 attempts at the call from the Russian consulate or the prison or wherever Brittany Griner was calling from, the call never got picked up at the U.S. Embassy because it was a Saturday and no one was working. So somehow this slipped through the cracks. And the wife of Brittany Griner, whose name I can't remember, I apologize, basically said that she was pissed at the United States 
for their inability to have someone to be present for a call on a Saturday because it was off hours for work that they can't even do that. So how do they expect for her, for them to get Brittany home to that? I say this who woman whose name I can't remember wife of Mrs. Griner. How about you not let your wife carry drugs illegally across into other countries? How about for you to, for if you're going to bash the United States in their negotiation and getting her back, you do it. How about, how about we do that? If you're so pissed about the way this negotiation has gone, you do it. You find some diplomatic channels and you push and pull those strings to try to get her home. Let's see what you have to offer that the United States of America can't convince Vladimir Putin to give her back to us. More likely you. I get all, I get the WNBA. I get the NBA players. I get people saying, bring BG home. I 100% understand that. But as the wife of her, don't make the situation worse by now bad-mouthing the, the, the government who's trying to free her because you wanted the call to be on Saturday, the actual day of the anniversary, and not Friday when everyone was there working. I'm sorry if I don't want to come in on an off day so that you can have the anniversary on the day of and have the call. That's your problem. That's her problem. She traveled illegally with drugs. That's on her. That's on you. Don't get mad at somebody else because now they don't want to come in on a Saturday so that you can have your anniversary call. Beat it. Yeah. I mean, actually, we agree. I I, uh, I, I thought you were going to go the other way. You threw me a curveball. Um, and, you know, my take on this whole thing at this point is, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, you could be mad at the, the U.S. government or the embassy or whoever's in charge of these types of things, but you flew into Russia during a war with during a war, let alone any any other time with a controlled substances in Russia. You don't have to be a history major. You don't have to be a socio, you know, economic major. You don't have to be a, a brilliant person to read the room knowing that Russia hates us. They always have. They didn't just start hating us when Brittany Griner touched down there. I mean, right? Their their record against <laughs> a lot of human rights, especially homosexual ones, is not great. Right. Uh, you know, and so at the end of the day, where I see so much of this outcry, and I'm all for it. You know, we'd love to get her back. But you went in to a, a hostile uh, adversary and brought illegal substances there. And they look at it as, not only are you bringing illegal substances here, you are here to enrich yourself in our land. Yes, you know, we're glad that you helped are helping grow the game of women's basketball and depending on however much they accept it, obviously it's accepted well enough to bring players like grit, Brittany Griner and others over to, to play in the off seasons. Um, but there are standards with that as well. And so those standards are, you know, we have 
laws against controlled substances. So, so many times I see these people on Twitter and they're appalled, John. <laughs> they're appalled that she's there for a day, let alone being detained over a time where, you know, it's obvious she's she's still in Brittany Griner health. She's able to, and I believe the call eventually was made, right? Yes. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they are going through the stages. They've had their representatives saying, look, she's being detained and she's going through the proper channels people are like how does this happen how does america let this happen Uh, like i'm sorry but do you turn on the tv Uh, you know uh, how 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 about you go ask sandra bland's family how it happens that a routine traffic stop turns her dead 12 hours later in a cell by herself like you think like there's this righteousness of this cloud that just should pick somebody up because you know they're too big of a star or they, you know, but the argument on their side is, is if she was this or that, she'd be home by now. How do you know? How do you know? Um, You know, this isn't maybe from another country. Sure. So, you know, I have a hard time sometimes seeing people that just have, you know, no ability to kind of reason with the circumstance mm-hmm. and sit there and go, you know, She's got to wait for her day in court. Brittany Griner's girlfriend probably, you know, if she wanted to, she could probably, through the embassy, fly to Moscow or wherever Brittany's being held, get herself an apartment, get herself somewhere up the road where she can probably get herself some visitation or some more communication. Why isn't she mad at the WNBA? Why isn't she mad at Brittany's team of, of, of agents and lawyers going, don't do this, don't go there. First off, I don't even care if you use oils or hashes or whatever. 20 don't seconds. Go there this year. Don't go there. I hope that she can find some way to fix the situation. But I got to be honest with y'all. I don't think she ever getting out. I definitely don't think she'll be out by the next time you see us, which is Monday. Peace. Peace.